Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Marianne Alda. She is an actress, humorist, age anarchist, and TED Talks TEDx speaker. She grew up in Phoenix, Illinois, and went on to become a TV star best known for her role as Dee Dee Bannister, the young defense attorney on ABC's Edge of Night. Today, she is busy prosecuting ageism. So welcome, Marianne. How are you today? I am just great. You know, I, I'm in Chicago. I wish it was a little warmer. It's April and we're going to get snow oh. uh, forecast, you know, two inches today. But uh, other than that, I'm fine. I'm indoors. I'm talking to you. I've got lights on. They're creating heat. I'm yep. good. You're warm. So that's I'm the warm, important warm. thing. Yep. No, yep, no, yep. no, 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 Terry. I'm hot. Oh, that's right. You are hot. I can see. I'm hot. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So you had a wonderful career in TV from the 80s all the way through the 90s. You were on sitcoms and soap operas. Uh, You had a lot of work. And then all of a sudden you notice as you grew older that the parts became fewer and fewer. How did you decide to fight that? Well, you know, what do they say? Don't get mad, get even. Yes. I, I, I haven't gotten even yet, but it's coming. It's coming. And the reason I say that is, uh, wait a second. I'm, I'm going to go off into different little tributaries here, but it'll all come back and it'll all flow into the river, Terry. So right. that makes sense. So when I turned 50, 50-ish, my mid-50s, yeah, the casting directors just stopped calling. And during an 18-month period, my father died, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, and I had to become her primary caretaker. And my husband decided he didn't want to be married anymore. So it was kind of like the big, you know, and for the first time in my entire career, I didn't make enough as an actor to cover my SAG health insurance. So it was, you know, I thought well, what am I going to do here? I still have plenty of life left. I have to make a living. So I, I think actors have a natural curiosity about human behavior and motivation. So I, I became a hypnotherapist. I trained as a hypnotherapist. I had been in therapy a number of times, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, short term, you talk to somebody when you get, when you have a problem. And the hypnosis motivation Institute was up the street for me in Tarzana, California. (laughs) <laughs> and so I decided that I would train there. I spent a year. You can learn how to hypnotize somebody probably in a weekend, mm-hmm. but it takes training to learn how to use it therapeutically. And the last six months of their program, they pair you with a mentor who oversees your sync clients. And the clients that I saw during my residency were women my age, late 40s, early 50s, and they were all suffering from midlife depression. Mm. And as I talked to them and heard their stories, I read because then these were Tarzana, that Tarzana Encino area. These are for the most part well to do women. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 didn't have any financial concerns. A lot of them were empty nesters, but they were depressed because they felt that their lives were over and they didn't know what they were going to do in the next half. That's because as a culture, we've been hypnotized into believing that women lose value and social and sexual currency as we get older because we can't make babies anymore. So what good are we? You know, you're right. You're right. You know, it's like, eh. So I realized that my job wasn't to hypnotize them, but to dehypnotize them from the trance they were in. And funny thing about actors, we tend to be highly suggestible. So as I was giving my clients the positive suggestions, they took root in my own subconscious. Yep. In my own subconscious. Wow. Wow. I thought I have to walk my talk. Mm-hmm. So my very first, and because I'm an actress, I'm a storyteller. I love what I do. And I thought now that I'm getting really good at it, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Now that I'm really good, they're going to take it all away from me. Right. No, no. Uh-uh. no. <laughs> so uh, the very first solo show I did, the very first show I wrote for myself, was called Snap Out of It. You've only been hypnotized into believing you're over the hill. And I did it right there at the Hypnosis Motivation at the HMI Auditorium. And it was an all-female audience. And the women, the feedback that I got from the women telling me, oh, yes, I love this. We need to hear this. Let me know that I was on the right track. Because for one thing, the women weren't seeing enough of themselves on television you know, looking like them. And you know what, Terry, it's gotten worse. I mean, back in the nineties, there was, there was designing women, there was Murphy Brown, right. there, you know, and even the, the, 80s, golden, the, girl. girls, the right? golden girls were I, on. Absolutely. I mean, these, these fabulous ballsy women, tough, strong. And then they all went away as the population got older. They, they went away now. Yeah. What's that all about? I I don't know. Is it because too many is because men are running the industry and they're trying to hold on to their youth. So they just, you know, because I did a tweet and a blog, everything about a couple months ago, there was a movie out with Jean Smart and her love interest was William Shatner. Jean Smart is 69. William Shatner is 89. And that's not my idea of a fantasy romance no whose idea was that hollywood (laughs) hello hello but you know something now here here's the thing and i've worked with gene smart she's wonderful actress lovely person i worked with her on for and for any trivia people out there i played lita ford i'll be waiting in the beamer on designing women i love that yes i love that but tony danza is 69 he is Gene Smart's age. Now, wouldn't you like to see those two rolling around in the hay? Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> That's a movie I would go see. Right. Now, William Shatner is a lovely man. He's a wonderful, well, I don't know. I've never met him personally, but I'm just assuming, okay? Right. right. He's a wonderful actor, but that's just not my idea of a romantic comedy. Comedy, yes. Romantic, not so much. So, yeah, it it seems like it's gotten worse instead of better, except that all of a sudden, like Justine Bateman has written this book called Face, One Square Foot of 
something face of a square foot of your face. No, one square foot of skin. I think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, face, mm-hmm. One square foot of skin. And she broke down some of what's happening in Hollywood. Uh, Gina Davis has an institute to promote more women and girls and, and diversity in television. And just this week in the Los Angeles Times, there was an article about several production companies. This article, the lead was about, I think her name was Amy Bear. I can't remember. Anyway, Landline Productions. Mm -hmm. And then there were several other production companies who are now developing content specifically for women over the age of 50. Wow. It's about time. It's about time because... As I say in my TED Talk, they must have watched my TED Talk because I did a lot of research. (laughs) And according to the 2017 Federal Reserve Survey on Consumer Finances, baby boomers control 70% of the discretionary income in this country. Mm. And women over the age of 50 own 75% of the wealth. Wow, that's impressive. So why don't we see ourselves on the TV? It doesn't I, make sense. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No, nope. it doesn't make sense at all. But I think it's I, the good news is I think it's changing. Good. Good. I think it's changing because people are paying attention. I'm on Clubhouse and every time there are so many rooms about fabulous over 50, fierce and 40. It is totally populated by women in and midlife and above who Good. are finding themselves and recreating themselves and starting becoming coach life coaches and and doulas and just just doing all of these things, creating second acts for themselves. A lot of them have left corporate America. A lot of entre- a lot of entrepreneurs, women saying, "No, it's time for me," and they're doing it. And women are just mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. I love that. The quote network for anybody who remembers it. We're just just not going to take it anymore. And we are, we have the money. So when Hollywood does not pay attention to us, they're leaving money on the table. They are. I guess when you're in the power position, you know, when you in in the structure, you know, these, these guys who are for the most part controlling Hollywood, they think that they know. And we're going to tell you what you want. The women are fighting back and they're saying, no, we're going to tell you what we want. Good. Otherwise, we're not going to come see it. Good. Because that's what we need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm ready, Terry. I'm ready. I am glad to hear it because we want to see you again on TV and maybe in movies. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, television is my favorite media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love, and I love sitcom. I love comedy. I love doing Mm -hmm. comedy because I like making people laugh. Mm -hmm. And also for camera, you know, the old fashioned way. They're coming back to doing that, you know, with the four camera and from in front of a live audience. If we can oh, get that. Yeah, I love pandemic. that. Yep. Yep. That's the just that's just the most fun because you have it is. You, you get the best of both worlds. You get a chance to do a little play every week. You know, you get a new script, you do work. So you get to play the same character again, but right. the character gets to build and you do something different. And that's just the most fun. Right. That's, that's the most fun to do. 
And you get the feedback from the audience. Like when you don't have an audience, you don't get that immediate feedback. It makes it a little bit harder. Yeah, it is. And and I've been doing live performing for the last, God, 15, 20 years. You know, I've been doing, I started doing stand-up comedy. And I talk about getting older, but I don't do it in a self-deprecating way. Mm-hmm. I do it in a fun way that's observational about things, but I don't believe in putting myself down because we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. No. Here's, here's one of the jokes from my stand-up that... I'll never be able to do it live again because everybody's going to hear it. But, I, but for you, Terry, for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I am a uterine cancer survivor. And I say that, you know, I do not feel like I am any less of a woman because I don't have a uterus. In fact, I liken my hysterectomy to having an internal Brazilian. I mean, <laughs> if you go. Gonna- if you're going to landscape the runway, why not declutter the terminal? Exactly. I'm Because I'm still good for happy landings. So there, there you go. So there you go. Love it. <laughs> and when I perform, women have come to me after the show who have either been cancer survivors themselves mm-hmm. or know somebody who was, and they want to share their stories with me. Because, you know, there's a certain amount of shame that we carry as women, not that we carry, but that has been projected onto us. And then we internalize it Mm -hmm. as we get older. Like there's something like women who don't want to tell their age. They'll say, well, how old are you? Well, you know, I don't tell my age. Why not? What's the big whoop? Are you embarrassed about being, I, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, probably mostly, da-da-da-da, on May 7th. Of 2021, I will be 73 years old. Okay, there you go. And we have to stand up and assert ourselves. If we don't do it first, you know, we we can't wait for acknowledgments for other people. We have to give ourselves, we have to anoint ourselves and give ourselves self-love and self-respect and all of that. We, We have to take some responsibility for that. And the more we get together and do that, the the better. In fact, my handle on Instagram is Marianne Alda underscore aging shamelessly. Love that. Yes. (laughs) And that's my website, agingshamelessly.com. And that's become sort of like my mantra, Mm -hmm. age shamelessly. Right. You know, when people say, well, I'm going to age gracefully. You don't have to be graceful. If you're a kick-ass boomer, you don't have to be graceful. You don't have to do la di da di da You can just do it any way you damn well please. Exactly. But without shame. And that covers right. all of that. Age however you want to do it, mm-hmm. but without shame. Be right. proud. Right. Exactly. And that's why I started the podcast. For kick-ass boomers to have a place to go to get inspiration because they're not getting it from TV or anywhere else. So I interview people, I interview male and female, but they're inspiring my audience to keep doing things. And we have the money. I started the podcast on my own. I self-finance it because until, you know, it gets big enough and then I'll probably have someone that will help with that. But I'm working as a realtor and I'm podcasting. And you can, and I am a cancer survivor. I wanted to tell you that too. Ah. I had cancer in 2017. So I'm a survivor. And 
I've got plenty of life left in me. I figured I have another good 30 years left. Right. So am I, mean, I going to sit around and do nothing for 30 years now? Right. Right. We say kick ass. But we, if you can kick cancer's ass, yep. hey, yep. there's nothing stopping you. Exactly. Yeah, nobody messes with me. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You want to pick? A, you want to pick a fight with me? Cancer picked a fight with me, and I won. Well, so there. There you go. So, yes, we should get a belt or something. You know how they have those. Yes. You know, it's about, oh. Oh my gosh! So you did a one woman show for a while, and tell us the name of that because I think that name is so funny, and that just kind of says it all. Okay. The title of my solo show is Getting Old as a Bitch, But I'm Going to Wrestle That Bitch to the Ground. Love that name. I just love it. And and I was doing it up until I the last performance of the show was in New York City at the Billy Holiday Theater. And it was February 2020. I was planning on going to California oh. and doing it there and everything shut down. Everything shut down. It's you know, totally. So I was on my way. It's like, yes, I'm ready to do my show. So as soon as we can, as soon as you know the band lifts, whatever, I, I'll be doing it again. But, but yeah, and I had done the show in under various titles, but it's it's grown and it's morphed. The first time I did it solo, I did it in New York, and I was uh, subletting an apartment in the Wall Street area, and every time I would come out. I would see people carrying these Occupy signs. It was just Occupy everything. And I thought, Occupy your vagina. And it's about empowerment. Occupy your vagina. That's it's right. A, you know, I would, people would say, Occupy. I'd say, it's a metaphor. Or not. Exactly. Or not. Depending on how you choose to take it. And I workshopped it at Dixon Place in, in the Lower East Side in New York. It's an incubator for solo for a lot of shows, but mostly solo shows. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo works out and does his work, workshops, his shows there and BD Wong. So I'm in good company that they accepted, that they allowed me to do it there. But I, I did it there. I did the show in at the Chicago Fringe in New Orleans at the White Fire Solo Fest. Always getting, you know, standing ovations. I'd like to think it was me, but it really is. Okay, some of it was me, but it really is the the material. Mm-hmm. I look at what I do as my ministry and I think of it, I'm just the channel. I write and I perform, but it's for an audience of people who need to hear that message that they're going to be okay, that, that getting older is fun. And, and my uh, performance art character is Dr. Ginger and she is an adult sex ed evangelist and mojo motivator. And, you know, and as I say, sex ed is something that a lot of people took in high school or junior high. But sex is a subject that requires continuing education. And then I go off and I tell the stories about when I was a little girl and then going through puberty and then getting married and, you know, wanting to marry Prince Charming. That didn't work out. And then the the d- different developmental stages of womanhood. and. It's funny because sometimes women will come in a group of their girlfriends and sometimes they will come with their husbands. And I have had men coming up to me after the show telling me that what I was saying was something that their wives had been trying to tell them 
And after they saw the show, they got it. Wow. That's really impressive. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, you know, that's the thing about comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy can deliver. Comedy is a hypnotic modality. I'll tell you why. Because it, it breaks down the defenses, mm-hmm. the defense mechanism that's, that will dismiss. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to hear that. When you deliver a message with humor, it breaks down those blocks. And it, you're just going to go like, ah, ha, 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 you're laughing. And it sinks right down into your subconscious mind. And then all of a sudden, you start to have a change in your belief system. And then you go, well, maybe. And you don't know why necessarily. But that's because your emotions, you have a different feeling about it. You're not rejecting something. You've taken it into your heart. You've taken it in with laughter. So, and no, but somebody's not going, no, 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 no. You know, you're hearing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. When you're laughing about it. So so laughter is a great delivery mechanism for hard truths. And it's the best medicine. Laughter is medicine for the soul. And if you can change the way people think and they laugh and it's good medicine, what else could you want? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I promised you uh, in our little warm-up, our little pre-show, our little right. pre-interview, that I would give you a laugh, a humor hack. Right. A laugh hack to make you feel good. And I learned this when I was studying in New York with an actor and teacher, Pamela Lincoln. And she deconstructed humor, she deconstructed laughter. Mm-hmm. Laughter is just a series of tones up and down the scale at varying uh, pacing. So do it with me. We're just going to go, ha, 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 ha. ha. No, just do it with uh, me. Ah. 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 See? All of a sudden you're laughing. Yes. And yes. it just I didn't tell you a joke, but don't you can't you just feel it in your body? Your yes. body, you know, you got a good laugh. And that's all the body needs to know. Absolutely. And and it tickles your insides and, and it changes the way you feel. It, that's why I say laughter is such good medicine and we don't do enough of it Absolutely. as a society. But I guess even as older women, we don't do enough laughing. Well, you know why? Because for some reason, ageism is the last acceptable discrimination. <laughs> You can't make sexist jokes. You can't make racist jokes. But for some reason, it's funny to laugh at old people. And mm. I think that's why people, older women aren't laughing, because for so often, we're the butt of the joke. It's not funny. It's not funny. No. Nope. Nope. It's not. But we're going to take back control, and we're going to start laughing again, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. In, my, in, my, in Marianne's world... Marianne is always laughing. And I laugh at myself in ways that I said, it was funny. I was just turning 65. I was living in New York. And I always say, you know, you either get old or you die young. You know, and people say, oh, you're 65. Listen, you get old or you die young. You know, and then, and then I had the realization that dying young was no longer an option for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had crossed the threshold from 
oh, gone too soon to, she lived a good life. You know what I mean? It's like, and it came to me as such a shock. And when I re- had that realization, I just cracked up. I thought that was the funniest thing. I thought, well, Marianne, you can't use that line anymore. You're going to either get old or you die young because you beat that one, Marianne. Oh, that's so funny. That's so- a couple uh, weeks back. I interviewed a woman uh, named Yvonne Kay, and she's a psychoanalyst, I believe. And she leads a cancer group. And she said, you can't believe how funny these cancer patients are. They make jokes about everything, chemo, everything. They just, but they laugh and have the best time. And you know what? It helps them heal. Absolutely. It helps them heal. They don't get together and just be, oh, poor me, poor me. They get together as a group and they just laugh. It's wonderful. You have to. I mean, I, like I told you, I told you my my joke about the end. Oh, I, it's in the other room. Otherwise, I would get it because I, I go on and on about this. The fact that I had radiation afterwards and my doctor told me, she said, now radiation may shorten the vagina. And she said, but don't worry, I'm going to give you a toy to play with. And she gave me something that looked like a candle. It would look like a candle. And I I bring it on stage with me and I said, who wants to play with this? There's no batteries, there's no movable parts. It doesn't glow in the dark, nothing. And it's called a Syracuse dilator. And I say, I don't know what the hell they're doing in Syracuse, but they need to get out more. And when I have told that joke, a lot of times women have come up to me and they have said they had never, that they had had the procedure, but they were never told about having a dilator. Some of, for some of them, if they didn't have a regular partner, their vaginas had atrophied, but the dilator helps to break up the scar tissue and keep the vagina from atrophying and closing up. Right. Don't you think that's an important thing for a doctor to tell a woman? I think so. And I'm thinking, are they not? thinking about this? Do they think, oh, she won't use it anyway? That's crazy. Makes no sense. No sense. On on, uh, Thursdays and Fridays, I do a a room on Clubhouse with uh, Dr. Donna, the gynae guru. (laughs) And she, I've learned so much from her. She's, for example, I didn't know, now listen, you're getting special tips here. Even if the vagina has atrophied, it can be plumped back up again. Oh, because she had a patient who was 82 years old. She had been widowed for 20 years. Wow. She had a new boyfriend. <laughs> she came <laughs> to the doctor because she thought, well, and what she did was hyaluronic acid, you know, what you put on your face to plump up the, you can insert it. You know, you get like a drop or something like that. You can insert it in your vagina. It helps plump things up. She also said you can use like even olive oil to self-lubricate. She said, listen, if you can eat it, you can put it in your vagina. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And the woman, you know, everything, I guess she had a refurbished vagina and her, her new partner, remember she's 82. Her new boyfriend was 52. (gasps) Oh. 52. Good for her. Yay. <laughs> Good for Rock her. On, sister. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and so for any woman out there who is without a partner, you never know. 
You never know. So if it's something that you want, I mean, I am not in a relationship right now because my partner died a couple of years ago. He had prostate cancer and he died. Mm. And so, you know, I was grieving and for at least for a good year. And then we went into COVID and we, the pandemic. So that shut everything down. But mm-hmm. I'm ready to get back out there on the dating scene again. I mean, you know, the shop has been shut down, but it, you know, it's still open for business. We're going to, we're going to put the banner back up. We're going to open the door and say, come on in. And, you know, but not everybody I'm going to be selective in my clientele, but clientele was probably not the best word to use. Not that kind of party. And the thing about it is, and this is what I say to every woman. And this is what I told my clients when I was a practicing hypnotherapist that A woman's sexual identity is important to her emotional and psychological and physical well-being. It's not that you have to be having a sexual partner. It's not that you even have to be having sex with yourself. It's that you think of yourself as a sexual being, as a woman, as, as feminine, as, you know, as part of our, if you're cisgender, but to own yourself in all of your sexual and gender identity and feel good about that at whatever age, whatever age you don't. don't. Well, I have a 90 something year old aunt and she has such a nice smile and she kind of exudes sexuality in a way. She doesn't have any partners right now and she's going through some rough times, but all in her past, she had boyfriends all the way up to about 90 and she still has this vibrant smile that kind of a kind of a flirty smile even in her face I love it yeah I love it and that's important see because that's the way she feels about her she does she does absolutely absolutely and that's why she's lived to be 90 absolutely that's so true so true so we need to learn a lesson from women like her and and sexuality is part of us and it is part of what makes you feel good about yourself. Absolutely. So absolutely. So in closing, do you have just maybe one piece of advice that you would want to share with my boomer nation that might help them? Well, I've said this a number of times. I said in my, in my Ted talk, and it's something that my, my daddy told me when I was a little girl, don't let anybody else's no stop your yes. Ah, that is Perfect way to end it because we can't let anybody stop us or anybody tell us no. That's why I started my podcast. And there are a lot of people like saying, you know, what are you doing that for? And, but the people that are on the podcast are saying, wow, we really need this. We need a way to get our information out there and inspire boomers. So, so I didn't let anybody talk me out of it. I just, and I started it at 70. So I am turning 71 this year, this July. So yeah. And I plan on working for many, many years to come. Absolutely. See, because if you plan on it, It'll happen. But yes. if you don't make a plan, ah. that's right. That's right. Absolutely. I have no plans on retiring. I just going to keep working. And the more active you stay, the more active you will be. And, and it's mindset. And I've got the right mindset. You know, it's all about mindset. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you don't mind, it don't matter. 
That's right. It's so true. So thank you, Marianne, for being such a great guest and for being an advocate for the boomer generation uh, to help us all fight ageism. I just love it. You're an inspiration to us all. And I'm going to have all of Marianne's contact information on my show notes. So please go look her up. Listen to her TED Talk. See what she has to offer. And when she's back out there, you got to go see her because yeah, she's so funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Terry. This has been so much fun. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you. I have a comp ticket for you. Wherever you are, whenever I'm doing my show, you're going to come see your show. I will come <laughs> see. Absolutely. I will be there. Even if I have to fly to Chicago, I'm okay with that because it's on my bucket list. Uh, <laughs> You might have to fly to L.A. That's what I'm planning on. Well, that's okay, too. I love L.A. I haven't been there for a while, but I do love L.A. So I'll do that, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, you know, and the reason I say that is because there was maybe about 30 years ago in the Actors' Equity newspaper. Frank Langella had not been working for a while. And he, maybe about five years, and then all of a sudden, he got Dracula on Broadway and then his whole career, he bounced back. He had a whole, and there wasn't no stopping him after that. Right. And what Frank Langella said was that you can have all the talent in the world, but when they don't want you, you can be tap dancing on their desk and they, and they don't see you. He said, but when they want you, mm-hmm. you could be on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and they will send Sherpas to come and get you. Right. And in terms of older women and having a need for older women on television, Terry, I can hear it. The Sherpas are coming. The Sherpas are coming. I agree. And I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) Thank you, Marianne. It's been great. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.